0: Let's get it going right here, right now. This is New Generation Declassified, and you're listening to an all this episode of New Generation Declassified here exclusively on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week we go back in time and we talk about something having to do with the new generation of the World Wrestling Federation. But right now we're kind of stuck in a merchandise loop, and we can't get out of it. And we're going to continue talking about merchandise today as I welcome in uh, a very interesting guest, something that materialized very quickly as I welcome in Paul, the, uh, the purveyor of the wrestling card price guide and wrestling card price guide. Dot com First time we're ever talking, so this is going to be completely uh, pulling teeth, you know, between the two of us.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Hey Chad, thanks for having <laughs> me on,
0: man. <laughs> Just joking with the pulling teeth thing. Really excited to have you on. This is uh, there's an there's interesting there. little uh, little world here. We're looking at the wrestling trading card. Uh, business is booming in a way I don't think anybody who's been around trading cards forever has seen anything like this that common cards that we've looked at for for 25 years are now just absolutely probably making you change your price guide every single
1: day of the week (laughs) that that, that, that's the problem you know to have accurate prices I would need to be on there 24 7 especially with some of these raw prices that we're seeing now you know it's insane.
0: It's insane. But what we're, like I'm saying, we're stuck in this merchandise loop because for the last few weeks, we've talked about different aspects of the merchandise and fallen into the new generation years, which are 1993 to about early 1997.
1: Basically um, the behavior years, yeah.
0: Yeah, basically, that's like that's the the meat and potatoes of this new generation uh, era right. is pre- I basically say it launches at Monday Night Raw in 1993. The second they click live, they go with Monday Night Raw instead of primetime wrestling
1: and ends at the screw job.
0: No, I'm going to end it just as the raw set changes from the mm. R.A.W. to the Titantron. To me, yeah. that's where it ends.
1: Right. So that's what I think of the Brett the Brett era. He was the main guy Brett Sean he Razor right. I, right. I
0: give Brett I, I and you are a, a fellow Canadian to the Hitman. <laughs> yeah. I give Brett that whole summer on his own. I'm not going to throw him in the new generation. He's obviously not in the attitude era. He's pre-attitude right. era, but sure. he literally has his own like distinction, the Canadian Summer. That was 1997 was off the charts. One of my favorite times I've ever. Yeah
1: where he was defending like every week and he was just awesome. It's, yeah. an interesting, it's an interesting time because you come out of the Hulk Hogan era and then obviously it's followed by the Attitude Era, which was which was huge. Um, but there was a lot of wrestlers that you forget about during that time, guys like Quang and the Sultan and Whalen, what's his name, Whalen Mercy. Yep. These kinds of characters, some great characters, and they're represented not as often on trading cards because as you guys probably found out, you mentioned you guys were talking about the Merlin sets and some of that stuff. Uh, there wasn't a ton of, of uh, wrestling cards out during that time specifically you know as to what would follow later during the attitude era
0: yeah absolutely and we're going to get into that and we'll talk about it but tell us about uh, the wrestling card price guide obviously we sure. think price guides you know i think of beckett i think of right. uh, you know the uh, ba- baseball cards football cards sure. but the wrestling cards have never had a dedicated price guide so tell us about this website sure. well
1: first and foremost i'm a collector so i've, I've been collecting wrestling cards since they've been put out i'm what's called a master collector i'm not one of these guys that goes out and sort of grabs the the top elite stuff and then gets it graded and and, then tries to get as much as that i've got pretty much everything going back to the early days like vintage stuff right to present day i've for me it's like getting every base set that i can most of the insert sets a lot of autographs a lot lot of memorabilia so anyways as a collector um starting in the 80s and then we got into the 90s during this time so i would have been buying like my action-packed as they were coming out, for example. Um, around 2010, uh, 2009, a guy I was buying from up to time. Now, you younger collectors won't know this name, but some of the older guys will. This was a character by the name, name of Grim. And he was kind of like a goth guy. And he had a site called the Wrestling Card Universe. And at that time, there was a couple other ones, um, but he was one of the larger guys that was buying product and and, and selling to a lot of us collectors. And what ended happening was him and I got talking and uh, about the notion of a price guide because such a thing didn't exist. The internet wasn't mature enough to do something online. So then we talked about, oh, it would be cool if there was a book because Beckett was doing baseball and hockey. Hockey's really big up here. So just fortunate would have it, a buddy of mine started a, a, a bookbinding business. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to <clears throat> all of a sudden make books for not a lot of money. And it just came from there. Grim did the majority of pricing for me and I put it all together. Uh, That was in 2010. We put out the book. I'd say like a year, year and a half later, I started adding to the book online. So that's what, so the site's been around since like 2012, and it's thewrestlingpriceguide.com. And we've got every set you can imagine on there, independent, your era, like everything. You know, that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is that we have a lot of wrestling cards listed.
0: You do. yeah, And and the indie ones being very intriguing just because, you know, now you're finding out a lot of indie feds have made little yeah. trading cards. That's, I mean, I've seen now uh, two or three times in the last week, you know, uh, the Major Brothers uh, Wrestling Podcasts have their own trading cards and those yeah. are becoming somewhat uh collectible i made a few years ago for the convention scene when i was doing some conventions when we could do conventions i made uh trading card sets for the guys that i'd be working with at the show and my partner in the two man right. power john
1: we're finding sets now that we didn't know about like yeah
0: we're seeing sets that you know didn't we didn't know exist i mean just on your homepage right. alone you see the updates and it's like yeah. i didn't know there was retro sketch wrestlers of the universe right. i didn't know what these were
1: Right. And, and one of the things I know we're going to talk about your, your, your uh, era of wrestling, but one of the things, because we, uh, we list so much stuff, a lot of it, a lot of it is unofficial. You know, people make their own cards. A lot of it is indie fed that's just been made just small quantities. Our thing is that we try, try and list it all just so that someone can come to the site and say, hey, didn't know this existed. And yeah. they can click on any year and say, oh, I'm interested in the attitude era. I'm interested in new generation. Click 95. Well, this is what came out. And that's that's our thing is that the pricing is tricky, you know, because like you say, it's constantly changing. Like all the prices in general have gone up. Now, I usually do it yearly where I go back and I pick at the obvious mistakes. Now, this last year was a big one because, you know, the hobby went through the roof. But right. the idea is that we want to give an idea. So if you're looking at a set, you want to know, OK, here are some of the key autograph players in this set. Or here's uh, what, what a relic card might have been worth at that time and that kind of thing.
0: I just, I'm looking at the set. I'm looking at the site marveling because I mean, there's stuff I, again, I didn't know existed. And we stick with WWF since in the new generation, it's the WWF new generation, yada, yada, yada. You know, I see the WCW cards. I mean, and even like I said, scrolling through your site as you're talking, Unbeatables Mid South Wrestling cards from 1993. I had no idea what the heck that was. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, I would have
1: gotten those in 1993. Like, it's not like I went back and started collecting years later. That's why for me, it was always I'd collect a set and I'd be waiting for the next one to come along. And then, you know, years turned into decades and I just made it sort of my mission. And there's a few of us out there, a very good friend of mine, Chuck, who's who's also one of the more noted experts, uh, the Chuckster we call him. He has an extensive collection mm-hmm. like I do. And over the years, him and I have shared notes and you got this, you got that. And between the two of us, I think we've done a, a pretty exhaustive job of making sure that everything's been archived and presented. Um, my site is specifically, uh, um, a price guide. Uh, If you want to, if you, the the other major site in our business is wrestlingtradingcards.com. But unfortunately in 2016, they took a hiatus. So they're missing stuff coming up to the present year or present day, but they're in the process now of getting that caught up. And their site is more so all the base, base cards, checklists. They have individual pictures. We do more Here's the We don't list the base sites. We give you all the chase cards, and then we do a flip through. If I happen to have it or Chuck happens to have the set, we'll do a video of it. And we try and get the prices as close to real as we can. But again, I'm the first to admit that if you need to know a specific price, then you need to get onto eBay, check a recent sold, and do it that way. I'm going to give you a settled market price on something that's been around for a long time. And we, as master collectors, agree that the low end is this, the high end is that. So It's not an exact science, but it's there to be informational for people and to help out. Plus it's free, you know, so people can get a good sense of what's out there.
0: Yeah. And the eBay sold listings, you know, depending on if you're a flipper or if you're just somebody passing through, you know, they're a Bible to some and they are, you know, the guide to, well, I'm just going to go try to cash in on a a craze right now. And that's what's going on with the trading cards. You know, you see, you see, uh, you know, I'm going to just pull the set out of the top of my head. The 1991 WWF classic cards, the blue cards.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, forever. They were just common cards that were sitting in, you know, d- dollar bins at card shows. You'd find them in a comic book shop. You'd find them everywhere. They were everywhere. Toys R Us had them on the clearance. For yeah, now years. the
1: Undertaker card's going through the roof.
0: The Undertaker cards are are, are a- absolutely, it's astronomical, but when you go on eBay, now you see somebody's got a, you know, a Kerry Von Erich card, and now they want 10 bucks for it. So that's the problem with when the sets start to, you know, materialize. Well, we, to we, price,
1: we, we often say thing. that the base sets are worthless. And when you price them, it could be 10 15 bucks for a base set. But the problem now is is that you have individual cards in the base set you pull them you grade them and they're worth 10 times what the set is worth yes so for example we saw ray mysterio from the 98 tops go for around 50 bucks just for a raw base card yeah so when all of a sudden everyone's looking now real hard at the 2002 royal rumble because you've got a cena you've got a batista you've got an orton those kinds of guys and people are just pulling them because they're a dime a dozen well they were before the pandemic um so now base cards all of a sudden um have way more value and that's a tricky thing i run a price guide you know and in our in our sort of community, we're a very tight knit community, and we like each other, which is cool. Um, but there's two sort of trains of thought on the best, not the best way. We, we we all we all accept that there's different ways of collecting. But obviously, if you're going to try and maximize the value of your card and you intend to sell it at some point, then yeah, you got to get it graded to get as much as you can. But grading, you know, if if you all all you want to do is collect, I don't think that collecting necessarily is synonymous with maximizing profit for me collecting has been a hobby it's been fun when i pull out a binder i want to look at all the cards in 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 the book and if all of a sudden i start pulling out two or three just because i sent them off to get graded there's going to be holes there and the wise guy told me once that the saddest day in your life is the day after you sell your collection so yeah maybe you'd have a few bucks in your pocket but you know i've I've been doing this without selling a card for almost 30 years so it's 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 as tempting as it is to look at my collection over there and say wow i could pull out 500 cards, get them graded, and probably have a small fortune. Not going to do it.
0: And as being somebody who's had to move stuff uh, many years, you know, at different times, and still, you know, I dip my toe in. I I do a lot more baseball sales than I do anything. I do a lot of baseball autographs. Wrestling cards, I got to be honest with you, I never had it. I I always had them, but I never held them in that regard as the same level as baseball cards. So to me, it was like, oh, if I move this wrestling card. It's like, eh, you know, uh, I love wrestling. Wrestling's my life pretty much, but I don't need the cards. I like baseball cards. I don't do wrestling cards. I, and and now I look back and I go, what yeah. did I do?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that- same same with hockey, for example. Hockey's the big thing up here. But <clears throat> all of us wrestling guys, you know, once, once things started to pop about a year ago, whenever it was, when all of a sudden, um, we all banded together, started doing, started all uh, doing these videos together and just galvanizing wrestling as a hobby. And I think our... Combined efforts, my site, uh, Tony and Zan's videos. We have two master guys, Rob and Dave, that uh, they're vintage guys, but they're on Twitter all the time. Um, they're, they're sort of our superheroes. Uh, you know, all of us together has helped move wrestling up a notch. So, you know, you get big-time people like Gary Vee talking about it now. So it, 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 it's coming. And I can see it firsthand just in the pricing. And, again, to, to my price guide, very, very difficult with things happening the way they're happening on a day-to-day basis to keep things current. That's why, for me, it's like, you know what? take any sort of printed price guide as a grain of salt. It's, it's just, a you know, the word is guide. That's why it yep. isn't, you know, the price Bible. It's the guy to sort of get you started and exactly. give you somewhat of a direction. But most of the comments and stuff we get is, hey, man, love the fact that you have so much listed, you know, that I can see this set, see that set. And then if I've never seen these cards before, and I'm going to talk about the Panini set from 95 in a second, you can um, see a video of it.
0: That's exactly what I did. You know, when I went to your site and I was looking around, I was like, okay, well, I've never heard of this one. Take the name, throw it into Google. And now I can see all the different cards. And that's, I mean, it is like, and I watch the videos too. It's just, it's such a great um, uh, companion to anybody. Collecting the cards, but the guides itself, it's like, okay, it's nice to have it next to the, uh, you know, the bed or on the coffee table. You want to learn how to, you know, look for this insert or this yeah. insert or the, you know, what that's what they're good for. And I completely agree. Yeah. So uh, we always tie in the new generation years when we talk about merchandise, you know, the fact that they did not have a major toy deal for yeah. a good couple of years, maybe about two and a half years of this new generation run. They had lost the deal with Hasbro. They released the Just Toys Bendems, but those weren't really a big release. We're talking about the cards
1: from them, too, by the way, that are very popular now.
0: Yes, they do. We'll talk about yeah. those as well. Yeah. Uh, but they did not have a dedicated toy manufacturer, and that was a big deal. So to me, I look at the trading cards and I say, okay, well, they stopped making TOPS cards in 1987, yeah. and, they, and they had Classic for a few years. But then by the time we hit this stretch, 93, you're, you're, everything seems to be international for the most part. I know action packed. We'll talk about action packed. Was kind of a flop across all the sports: football, baseball. You know, base they didn't even have the master baseball license. They had the legends. Um Didn't really do well. I know. Ke- I've said on the show before. Kevin Nash told me it's the worst card he's ever seen in his life or had to sign. You know, the raised, uh,
1: yeah, embossed
0: the the raised outline of of Kevin Nash body. Um So they, they were one thing.
1: Kevin knows before we get off of those the. 94 action-packed signed autographed uh, taker and macho of 500 each yeah um they're killer now like those are two of the harder to find cards and it's the first undertaker uh uh, rookie or sorry first undertaker autograph and uh, randy signed very little as well obviously he he did the wcw stuff later right but kudos to action-packed on those anyways
0: yeah, and but that's it. They, so they were innovative in that regard, but the cards themselves, yeah, they don't. They, from a collectability point of view, they. I mean, they are cool in a book, but they're not the best. They're chunky. They're they're, they're not really the best uh, card representation. But during this era, and going through your site confirms it. Uh, everything seemed to be. And you're in Canada. I'm in the U.S. International in terms of Europe and Germany yeah. and, and and France and Italy. Like, yeah. so tell me why is that why why is that why do we see you're, all these international you're
1: get the license for WW, um, WWF at that point until 2000 so um, i think it was just a matter of the the um the superstars and the comic images stuff and the action pack, they were sort of in a transitional period. And then once Flair got the license, then they started cranking out sets two, three year, just like Topps does now. And I think it was probably just a business decision somewhere along the way to sort of get back into bed um, with a larger manufacturer. And I think that things ended with Flair because Flair themselves went out of business in 2005 or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, if you look at 95, I'm looking at now, um, you got the Merlin stuff. But what I really want to talk to you about and your listeners is the 1995 WWF Panini wrestling cards. Yes, please. Because that set is probably the rarest wrestling, modern wrestling card set out there. Now, the history of it, I have to give credit to um, a gentleman by name Anthony who runs a site called H- Husker Have. Husker has wrestling cards. He's been around uh, as long as I have um selling this stuff and he was the guy that actually found him uh, at first and posted him <clears throat> excuse me posted him on his site and um it was the only set he'd had ever seen and he was missing three cards none of us had ever seen this set before and i've been around this this stuff for for decades and we're like are they not stickers because panini is mostly known for stickers all these new rookies that are coming out of the rock they're stickers they're not cards um they're considering a. a, a this new rock his rookie but again i've never been into stickers so i don't count any of that stuff right but this this, this panini set was an actual set of cards hundred cards with four chase cards and uh, anthony was the only guy that had ever been able to locate um a full set apparently some singles were floating around i found some singles in south africa at one point so i presumed even though it was panini that that's where it was released panini themselves can't tell me they have no record on it whatsoever but yeah. looking at cards they're clearly made by panini yeah they're, they're a great card stock and um excuse me
0: my throat oh yeah i'm just looking at the site as you're going through as you're talking i'm looking at your video they, they could be dropped right now and and match great. the quality of what we're seeing today
1: they look fantastic and they're just very hard to find
0: unbelievable i mean in the superstars that are on there are guys that don't traditionally get cards in ww no, you got the
1: four I, h rookies right
0: yeah and i will i go right back to my you know to my guy my buddy the franchise shane douglas is dean douglas he's got like three or four cards in this yeah, set that i've never seen takers,
1: here. you got four takers you got four triple h rookies you got four waylon Mer- uh um, waylon mercies you've got a uh, bunch of guys Let, let's just take a look now, I got my set in New Zealand from a guy who had them in, a, in his collection for a long time, and he wanted a lot of money for them. Not surprising. Yeah. And it just took me sort of this long to, quote, wrestle him away from the guy. But you got, like, four sets of 25 cards. You got Brett, Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Razor, Taker, Bam Bam, Smoking Guns, Yokozuna, Savio Vega, Bertha Faye, which you don't get a lot of gold. Oh,
0: no. uh, jeez.
1: <laughs> Isaac Yankum. Now, think about it. Four Isaac Yankum cards. That's four rookies that's right that. there, right? Owen, Hakushi. And my favorite, Triple H, four
0: of them. It's unbelievable. And again, Isaac Yankum. So let's think about that. I mean, there's been 10 million Kane cards. There's a couple WWF magazine cards of Isaac Yankum. But That's in true. this set, I mean, these guys are <coughs> prominently featured. They got action shots. They got the promo yeah. shots, And their logos for each guy on the back of the card, which, again, it's it's kind of unheard of in terms of how a card was produced. I just can't believe there's no record of it from Panini, and, and nobody really has seen any of these.
1: No. No, and, and, and again, thanks to Anthony for originally uncovering them so that we knew that they existed. And uh, when I found out that this guy had them, um, I kept after him. And, and finally, we, we managed to strike a deal. And now they're in my collection where they should be with all the rest of the wrestling card universe. But the problem is, is because <clears throat> there's so few of them, I'm going to have a hard time convincing the world that these are the four Triple H rookies. You know, <laughs> people are going to be looking for something they can readily get themselves. Yeah, I agree but with you. Lot stickers, their cards, they're gorgeous set and they're the centerpiece of my collection now
0: uh, i completely agree with you on the stickers uh not being uh authentic cards now let me ask you this now the wwf trivia game has yeah. cards included it. do you count those in the rookie category
1: yeah because they're cards okay All so right. the rookie might my via yellow card is the rookie
0: that's the well, true we, rookie
1: we, yeah we've had discussions on this we've decided to use the term Uh, first appearance because you know what's a rookie like the the rock bumblebee football card is this technically right right? yes that's going to be the money card and people are saying well that's going to be the most expensive wrestling card ever well i'm like hang on it's a football card (laughs) and then people talk about the hogan all-star the 82 um if ever someone finds a psa psa 10 that's going to be the most expensive well i would think by now we would have founded it if it it existed so it's you know these, these these are subject to debate kind of kind of things. But for me, the four Triple H Paninis in this set are the rookies.
0: So, again, this is 1995. It's Panini. You're saying possibly South Africa. There was also the ninety. Well, it's
1: mainly. It says Panini right on the cards. Mainly, we know that they were making stickers out of that same factory at the same time. We know that they were doing other product at that time. They just did a one-off wrestling set. We have no idea how many. I have to expect not a lot, right, or else we we'll would right. be seeing more of them. But there were a couple of sets. I got one of them, and Anthony got three short of the other one.
0: Now they start the action pack cards in '94, correct? Yes. And they also (coughs) lead over into '95. But I isn't the '95 set a little harder to come by than the '94 set? Yes. Now, why is that? Do you have any idea?
1: (coughs) Sorry, my my throat's getting sore. Um probably because it wasn't printed as, as much. I don't think there was, the print run was as, as, as high. I remember back then having a harder time getting the 95s than the 94s.
0: Yeah, the 95s, I, I don't recall ever seeing them in, in any stores. I do remember the 90, uh, 94s um, very well. Again, my druthers with that set uh, being already documented, uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's again, it's just a weird kind of off play because it's not tops now. Had tops had the license at this point, I mean, maybe these cards are a little bit more uh fresh in the memory. They, they, had,
1: they were starting on the WCW at that point, right?
0: Correct, right. But, they, but they briefly stop into WCW. They're not in WCW for very long either with uh tops, it was not a, a long lasting relationship, and no. that's where those cards kind of changed how tops made non-sports cards because those cards have a little bit of a better quality than what the traditional card was seen at the and they're the first
1: ones with with autographs and with stickers and with chase cards like they really opened up the world of, of what a master set could be those early tops releases now there was a tops release in ireland i think in the early 90s but the wcw was sort of tops first big foray into wrestling and then Fleer carried on
0: now does tops do the wacky cards
1: yeah, yeah
0: that's top so that's 93 now mm-hmm. i've seen those in person uh you know having done some shows and having guys have, i I want to say Tito Santana signed a bunch of them at one of the shows we did and uh they're kind of stupid yeah, <laughs> they're really dumb
1: so wacky, right?
0: <laughs> but what about collectability what's that what's a set like that now it's 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 issued in 93 but it's definitely you know pre 93 it's more the 92 the we called you know the golden era you know the federation years
1: I, I think all these base sets, if you can get an entire base set of the Wacky, get it, you know, because there's going to be a time where they're going to be hard to find.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, you, I, I was, I, again, it's another one I had to kind of learn more about as I saw them uh, because they just, you know, especially this there one. Was a, there, was
1: w, there was a WCW set in the 90s called uh, WCW Impel. And <clears throat> during that time, they were everywhere. They, must, they, they printed out tons. But now that's one of the most frequently searched uh, set on my site. People are looking for those. So, you know, you just don't Which know. Where that,
0: the, 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 like the multicolored set from like yeah,
1: red and, and green and yellow on, on, the, on the border.
0: I mean, they were giving those away yeah. <laughs> at one point.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you that more people on my site go to that page than any other set combined.
0: Um, How about the collectability of the ice cream trading cards? Now, in the mid-90s, that's one of the things they had was the ice cream deal still. So are those the, the, the mid-90 ice cream cards? Do you see uh, kind of the same thing? Now, where do you kind of classify those?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, my prices are probably going to be low on those. The singles on those go for a lot more now than, than they used to. There's an Austin in there. I don't know if there's a rock. But um, there are guys that specifically just collect ice cream. Uh, I don't know anybody that has them all. You know, I have a f- I have a good collection of them. You know, if you look at my flip through, you'll see not all my flip throughs are complete sets. And the ice yeah. cream ones are on my site. Instead of doing them each one by year, I just did one posting for the entire lot of them. I might break them out eventually. Um but yeah, very collectible stuff like that. Food cards are always uh, going to be popular. Like, and the, the problem that they had,
0: well, the problem they had with those is that, you know, obviously kids who were opening their ice cream bars quick, you could rip the card just as fast yeah. as you opened up the ice cream uh, box, but they changed the way they were, they were looking because they kept the traditional style, you know, was yeah. specific to the ice cream for many, many years. Then the mid nineties hit. And basically, and I could remember this very, very clearly, you never saw more than one or two guys. You saw maybe, you know, Macho Man, and then you saw Alex Luger, and you never saw anybody else. And I was looking at a couple of the ones that you have in your flip through, and I think, it, what was it, Tatanka? I never saw that one before in my life, but I also don't see the two that I used to get. So
1: Right. And they they were all cartoony by that point. They weren't using as many actual images and things like that.
0: Yeah, it's very um, – it, it's just – it's it's so interesting uh, how – Well, the figures, the, the
1: figures cards are like that too because some of them are cutouts from the back of the of the figure uh, box, right? right? So they get wrecked a lot. It's hard to find that stuff in mint condition. Yeah. Um, Japanese stuff very popular, you know. So it's it's not it's not just the tops and and the uh, the main releases, you know. All this outside stuff is is very popular with people. You know, there there's some guys in our hobby that don't go past 2002, and you um, know only because the value is in the older stuff, obviously, especially if it's graded. But um, <clears throat> we've kept up with all of it throughout. So we can present to the community. Look, here's everything. So you know, here was, for example, one of my favorite relics is an AJ teddy bear. I think it came out in 2015, and it's just a great, great looking card. You know, uh, so there's lots of stuff from all the different eras, including the generation, new generation that we're talking about now. The Paninis came out, and not a lot of people know about that set. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic set.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it in the last, like I said, the last couple of weeks. We've had uh, the most discussions about it. Um, the Paninis, the Merlins, and the Merlins seem to be the most consistent. And those seem to be kind of the easiest to grab if you search them on an eBay. You, you might be able to grab those a little easier. There's
1: always been a good quantity of those, yeah. Is, is that based, based on the, on the distribution? One, the English ones, like, you know, there's an English version, a Japanese version, or sorry, Japanese, English, Italian, and German. Um, the English ones are the hardest ones to find, I believe.
0: Of the Merlin cards,
1: the Merlins of of that one year where they had uh, the different the different uh, nationalities.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, what a, what an interesting world. Yeah, I'm for a wondering. while,
1: for a while there, it seemed like in the mid nineties, the magazine cards were the only cards. Like, yeah, when you look at it now, and you look back at my site, you go, "Oh, there's this, there's that, there's this." But i when I was in nineteen ninety five, collecting, and I've always been a fan since I was a little kid. Um, there was uh, there wasn't a lot. You know, I remember a time where. All that all that there were were the um, were the magazine cards at that
0: time. Yeah, that's all there was. The 95, 96, they, they kind of started that and uh, in 96 specifically, all you have listed on the site for the WWF are the magazine cards and the just toy uh you know, card backings which i mean technically are they trading cards yes but they weren't in a pack they weren't something you could flip that's
1: that's the larger discussion i have playing cards i have valentine's cards i have thing you know for me originally was if there's a wrestler's image on it and it's on a card it counts and a lot of the guys in our hobby the vintage guys they've been cutting out paper stuff from magazines and getting those slapped as well so i finally bit the bullet uh last year and said okay you know, you guys win, these count as cards as well. And then I started listing like the 70s Andre the Giant. Again, these were just magazine cards that people cut out. Right. Right. And trying to say their cards. But sometimes in the magazine itself, it would say, collect these cards, but they weren't cards, they were paper. Right. There's a lot of paper stuff. In fact, there was a food set by a company called Stewart's that was paper. So there's a lot of leeway, if you will, in what really is a wrestling card. And again, because I've sort of expanded my site and I and I have the novelty stuff. Like if you go down the side, on demand cards, slam attacks, figures cards, magazines, foods, playing, collectible card games, postcards, Japanese cards, and then the manufacturer. So there's a lot there.
0: There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and for somebody like me, I could get lost uh, you know going through it. And I have since we first started talking the other you know, day. What
1: people tell me is that they click onto the master set list and they just enjoy flipping through the sets over like through each year and, and, and seeing what's there. It's, it's kind of nice, like a nice pictorial sort of uh record of it all.
0: Yeah. And for somebody like me who likes to be a know-it-all about a lot of stuff, it's, it's good yeah. to be humbled.
1: <laughs> well, you, you, you see? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's good for collectors too. Cause a guy like me thinks he has it all. And then once, once, once I start dealing with other collectors, Oh, what's this? And again, our, our community is very good insofar as that we're all very uh, helpful to each other. You know, we share scans, we share knowledge, and I've heard that that's not quite the same thing in other hobbies. Um, People can get very possessive and things like that. But fortunately, we're, um, you know, last year a guy named Tony Vela, who runs wrestlingtradingcards.com, started his uh, video um, podcast series, like you, and, and started bringing all of us together for the first time. Guys that I'd yeah. known for years, but, you know, the technology didn't uh, bring us together. So once he did that, that really allowed us to get to know who's who and share our thoughts. And and that, that's why it's been a lot of fun.
0: No, that's great. And that's what I love about doing the podcast. And for me, as somebody who's been in and out of collectibles my whole entire life, you know, action figures, cards, autographs, memorabilia, yeah. I always kind of draw back to the cards and, and to see the the just the love that wrestling cards are getting now. It is very cool to see, and I, I wholeheartedly support the movement <laughs> that everybody is uh, you know, is getting behind and collecting again. And you see guys that are digging out their childhood collections <laughs> didn't realize they had certain things. Um, but one thing we talk about a lot on The New Generation Declassified is Coliseum Video, and they were also one of the only ones who were doing cards yep. during the mid-'90s. But the thing that I find very, very interesting, they were also one of the first to do the redemption cards, and you've got a couple of them on the site uh can you tell us a little about the redemption cards
1: i don't remember that much about them to be honest i would have got them in around the time and uh i i I wouldn't have sent in if if i would have sent in for the redemption it's more than likely someone else got the redemption and then i got the card i um because i'm after master sets it's very difficult for me to go out and buy cases and put master sets together so i rely on guys in that business to do the collating and then i buy the set combined
0: right so you
1: know um Sorry, man. It's a, it's a weird way of getting around to saying I don't remember specifically <laughs> because it was so long ago. No, you know? it's cool. A lot, a lot of people are accumulating this stuff today. Oh, I've heard about these Coliseum videos and I got to get those because they look cool. and they're You know, I got them back then and they've been sitting in a binder. Like I was looking the other day at, at, at my 85s and I'm thinking, yeah, I put that th- this set of cards in this very binder in 1985
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey that's not a bad thing at all it's uh you might are they the side uh, loading pages though those are the ones that don't last very long
1: <laughs> no 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 no. it's the ultra pro the nine nine ups and again i've never graded a card and for me i like to pull the, now that i got the flip throughs to be honest i watch the videos more than I actually do the physical cards but uh
0: i could see that Do you remember the screw downs in the uh, the binders? You had to do the actual physical screw down, the side loading pages or the, the, oh my gosh, the struggle that it used to be, right? I,
1: I was collecting before there was an eBay, you know, before there was a PayPal. I remember dude going to post to the post office to get a money order that to be sent down to California. And then you wait, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's changed a lot.
0: Oh, when I found eBay in 1999, it basically uh, changed my life. And Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing I looked for was Coliseum videos, uh, ironically. Um, But uh, yeah, just to close it up um, on the redemption cards, it was uh, the ones that you have on the site, Sable, Sonny, Marlena, a little different for them. They were going with the ladies this time. They did Bret Hart sets. They did WrestleMania sets. Uh, and those in themselves, you know, when Coliseum Video went out of business, they got rid of a lot of those freebies. They just kind of, those things just got kind of that.
1: That, that three with Sable Marlena and, and uh, was it Sable Marlena? Sunny. Yeah. I, it, it seemed to me that there was supposed to be more of those. They look like they were part of something larger, but I don't think any other cards ever came out.
0: I have never seen them outside of uh, seeing three. these three or seen yeah, maybe I one of I think that's the, the only ones
1: they printed, but I think, if you look at the way those cards are laid out, that it was intended to, there were intended to be more of them.
0: And my only contact that I had that worked for Coliseum Video was only there in the 80s. So right. I can't even get any information <laughs> about right, right, right. But those sets in themselves, the Bret Hart set is a beautiful set. And you almost it wish is. that you could have seen a 25 card set of, yeah. Of Brett, and they hold up. And again, they were made a little bit different, a little bit ahead of their time. Higher gloss, not the old school. You know, just the the regular. You know, basically highly collectible.
1: The acclaimed strategy ones, the Sean ones are. Uh, there's the one with Sean, and I think Don't the Clown and Luna Vachon. Yeah. Sean, you know, I'm not looking at them now, but um,
0: nope, you're right. Yeah, you're nailing it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of there there's lots of that stuff, and it's all Chad, very highly collectible. So if I was going to say to you, I'm a new collector, but uh, I'm a WWF fan. Um, you know, I want to get the most bang for my buck. I don't want to break the bank, but you I want, want to be yeah. vintage. What are you going to tell me to look
1: for? If you want to get the most bang for your buck, I'm going to tell you to go check out Zen mornings, uh, R- R- with cards podcast. Cause he talks specifically about how to maximize your value, right? For me, I don't approach it that way. For me, it's what are you into what would what, what what sort of floats your boat what do you enjoy you know like if you're looking to buy pieces just for the money end of it then that's a different conversation than i'm going to buy these cards because i like this performer like I, you get go get player collectors that collect all the beckys there's one guy that has a phenomenal becky lynch car- collection um really buy what you like uh, buy as many as you can you know um if you're looking to maximize your value, then you really ought to think about grading, you know, because that, that's, the, you know, it, it really is a different proposition if you're buying, not just wrestling, but with the idea of that I'm going to get in and I'm going to try and get out and try and make a few bucks than if you're just trying to collect for the, quote, love of collecting, which is what I've been doing throughout. And the price guide is just a sort of testament to my love of collecting that, hey, I have all this stuff. Let's put it out there so everyone else can see what, uh, what this stuff looks like.
0: I'm not a grading guy, so I'm right there with you. I, I'd rather have the the master collection sitting right there yeah. in my closet. I understand what it is. Yeah, you know,
1: like I've been, I've I've called it a racket before, but I mean that in the sense of you know what's going on with PSA and waiting, and then one cards and yeah. six and they look identical, stuff like that. But there's no doubt if you want to maximize your value and you want to get as much as possible and you intend to resell a card, you got to get it slapped. But you know, I don't buy the argument that you have to do that. If if I don't understand, like. I'm a collector. I want to look at all my cards in one place and enjoy them. Um, I don't want to go to another drawer and pull out pieces of plastic with an image. But, you know, if I was selling them, fine. But if you're not selling them, then it's not for sure that grading is something you have to do. So I'm in the middle of it. I understand what it's there for, but it's not to be all and end-all, No.
0: How about the uh, the unopened product? Does it does it make you nervous to see something sitting there for 35 years and well, not want I mean, to open I
1: mean, it? Like all of a sudden if I see the classic series I'm opening it to try and get some of those undertakers, right? Yeah. You know, like if, if I see a box and I said well there's nothing in this then yeah, but now this phenomena of certain early names all of a sudden the card itself being worth more than the set, you know, it's it's this kind of thing.
0: Sorry. I remember legit uh two dollars and fifty cents at toys r us the the uh the complete set of the blue classic cards sitting there tons of them they couldn't give them away in like 92 93.
1: yeah and i I wouldn't be surprised if six months from now they're going to be hard to find across the board
0: that's uh it's mind-boggling for anybody who was collecting at the time and around it is it's mind-boggling but it's great and all power to the collectors go get them go add them to your collection that, that floats your boat. That's, uh, that's wonderful. That uh, this is
1: supposed to be fun, right? Like it's 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 great that some people are, are are turning it into money. You know, like I sell investment real estate for a living. So I understand the whole notion. Um, but my collection is my collection, you know, and uh, I've been at it for so long. And especially now with the 95 Paninis in there, I'm not selling any of it. You know?
0: Last question out of me. I know this will be the uh, the toughest one that I ask you. Um, sure. We'll we're gonna, we're gonna do it a two-part what was the first card that got you in this direction and what is your favorite card of all the ones that you have
1: i bought i bought the 85 tops up here in canada was actually opici put it out um as uh, in packs so that would have been one of the few sets that i didn't buy a collated set so i actually put that set together so those have special meaning for me They, they, they would have been the first now i should mention um, I used to collect hockey cards. When I started my first business, I had a whole bunch of them, including some Gretzky rookies, and uh-huh. I sold those off just to get seed capital for my first business. But I kept those um, those 85 tops just because I was so much into wrestling. So those have special meaning. Um, my favorite card would have to be – my favorite set is the WCW uh, autograph series that goes through the 98s and the 99 embossed, all those ones. Yep. Um, they're, they're so cool. I've got all of those as well my Holy Grail card is Ric Flair actually signed one of those um, about 12 years ago. One was made and he actually signed it. It was, it was brokered through Jimmy Hart's son and that card exists. So that for me is, it would be, if I could have one card that's out there, uh, that would be it. My favorite card. I don't know. I, bet, I let me tell you, I will tell you right now. Please. How card I, got. I have plus or minus 32,029 cards. So to pick okay. one, you know,
0: Maybe the next one will be your favorite card. Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't have I don't have a Vince Auto, you know, and oh, uh, I, I'd love a Transcendent Vince. There,
0: you know, yeah. Undisputed, uh, Transcendent, those high-end sets. Yeah. Really up every so
1: often. Yeah. You know, that's that's out of my snack bracket. I can't afford to, to be buying these things for 10 grand. And like for me to get, I don't have the Transcendent sets. I can't. I mean, it's thousands of dollars. You know, uh, the, the fully loaded, for example, it just came out. There was no base set in that product. Right. <clears throat> so you're not going to get everything. You know, you might pick up a couple of pieces just to have a representation, but it is what it is.
0: We had a breaker uh, as a sponsor about three years ago, and they gave away a, a spot in a break. And I think the one above it was it was some insane one of one. You know, I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was Flair or it was under. It was somebody It was insane. Right. The, the spot that the the winner, the, the raffle got was like this Bret Hart number to five. I was like, man,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> we sure. just really, we either just pissed somebody off big time or we just made somebody's day.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up here. Let's uh, do the plugs for the website and all your social media and where the uh, the fine folks can find all the information. If they want to recollect, they want to check on their uh, their collection, where can we send them?
1: um my site is the wrestling card price and you're going to get prices on every set you're going to get listings of all the uh relics and autographs and chase cards you're going to get videos of entire sets there um when you're done at my site then you're going to go to tony's site which is wrestling trading cards.com there you're going to get individual images of all of the base card checklists and um Check us out on Twitter. I'm uh, Card Guide, Card Dash Guide. But also, if you're into wrestling cards, do check out the uh, WrestlingTradingCards.com um, video series, as well as the um, uh, When Worlds Collide, which is a new thing that Zan and Tony are doing together. There's just so much information that's out there now. If you're really into it and you enjoy uh, digesting this information, um, it's all out there.
0: That's great. It's such a great resource. Uh, you know, you got your YouTube channel where you have the videos. You know, you have everything. It's it's very very cool for the collector and to kind of pinpoint these few years in the new generation to find these pieces of merchandise. I mean, we just talked about two weeks ago, how Alundra blaze had not that much merchandise in here in the two weeks mm-hmm. that I've heard yeah. since I'm finding more stuff
1: than I ever knew existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That 95 Panizzi is pretty, pretty special. It, it, it sort of turns a lot of heads for sure.
0: Yes. I would like to get my hands on a couple of Dean Douglas, uh, cards yeah, that I've never well,
1: seen I was after that set for the better part of five years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very nice very nice well, thank you, right.
1: very much, brother. you do a wonderful job I, I listen to a lot of your episodes thanks for inviting me on I really appreciate it
0: oh my pleasure I, I appreciate it and we'll say goodbye today if you want to follow me it's at chad emb on twitter and instagram my website is ibexclusives.com uh the website for this podcast is tmpt there you'll get all of our episodes with the interviews and my archive here with new generation declassified uh, and it's been a hell of a ride today. Maybe next week we won't talk about merch, but who knows? I could find something else to uh, to talk about because I'm stuck in this rabbit hole of merchandise because it's still so popular and it doesn't seem like that's slowing down anytime soon. So, Paul, I appreciate you coming on today. And uh, for everybody in the TMPT empire, we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.